The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the news team at LinkedIn, I'm Jesse Hempel, and this is Hello Monday. It's our show about the changing nature of work and how that work is changing us. For the next four weeks, we're introducing you to some of the scrappiest entrepreneurs you'll ever meet. These are people who've used social media's tools to build online community and profit off of it. In tech, there's a word for this type of entrepreneur. We call them creators. Now, in the wake of the pandemic, this trend is taking hold in a new way. Quarantine has taught us that we can do way more virtually and remotely than we ever thought possible. And as for careers, it's been a reset moment. A lot of us have left jobs that just don't inspire us. We're looking for something else. Or maybe we've just started side projects that hold the potential to take off. Maybe you're thinking about doing this yourself. Well, consider this series a deep look into one big way that work is changing and a practical guide for how you can participate. Our first guest is Amanda Halsey. Amanda sells jewelry on Instagram. Literally, it's her storefront. She goes live and she auctions off vintage antique pieces. People bid in the comments. Think of it like a one-person home shopping network. Amanda launched her page five years ago, and she sells enough jewelry, like hundreds of pieces each month, that this is now how her whole family makes their living. Instagram wasn't built for this, but Amanda has figured out how to do it anyhow. And I should tell you here, we're trying a new format with Hello Monday just for this series. The idea came from Hello Monday contributor Michaela Greer. If you're a listener, you know Michaela. Anyhow, she's going to talk to Amanda. Then we'll both break down what you can learn from her story. Now, back to the show. Here's Amanda. She worked at a jewelry store in the mall for a very long time. To kick us off, Michaela asked her when she started the Instagram business. Like five years ago, we're sitting in our little dining room and we're like, you know what? I was tired of working at the jewelry store. I didn't like the hours. It was, you know, corporate, so it wasn't as fun as it could have been. And we were like, you know what, why don't we just start our own? And Little Vintage What was born. And I literally got on Instagram that night, looked up the account name, and it was taken. And I messaged the person, and I was like, hey. I was like, I am literally setting all my hopes and dreams (laughs) on having (laughs) having this name. Can, can I have this domain name? And they were like, no. So long story short, I had to pay like $150 to buy the name on Instagram to start my little endeavor. And <laughs> here we are. <laughs> so there are definitely two things I want to know. First of all, why Vintage Watt? So when we came up on that name, it was more along the lines of like, I wanted to be into everything vintage. Mm-hmm. So my my slogan was going to be vintage what? Vintage everything, you know? And like that was going to be it. Um, but vintage what? It just, it happened. I don't even know. It just stuck. And here we are. Vintage what? And no one knows what it means. <laughs> Five years later, it did wonders for you. I know, right? <laughs> I started following this jewelry community, I think, last fall. And what I love about it so much is that there there are a handful of people 
on Instagram and you all know each other. You all support each other. So what has your experience been like to kind of grow in this community and maybe even bring people into the community who want to be jewelry sellers? You would think everyone would be cutthroat. Like, no, my prices are better. My items are better. But that's not the case. This community is so wonderful that they want to uplift others and hope that brings people that want to buy their items. I'm not sure if all of the selling communities are the same on Instagram and as welcoming, but would you advise to someone who wanted to start selling on Instagram to find their community or try to, I don't know, try it out yourself and see how you can make things work? I really would encourage people that if they have like a collection or something that they're passionate about to definitely start with Instagram. I think it's an easier platform for beginners because you don't have to be too tech savvy to figure it out. My guess is there is a community out there that is just waiting to bring you in and make you one of their own. And so yeah, 10 out of 10 would recommend. (laughs) Is this a viable way to make money? I I think the other... The other week, um, you sold a chain, and I think you got emotional because it was a mortgage payment. But this this kind of sale maybe doesn't happen every week. Would somebody still be able to make a living doing this? I, I literally have tears in my eyes, just <laughs> just like reliving that. Um, it's it's hard to answer that because obviously, I work for every single sale, for every single piece a lot of time and energy goes into everything that I do in passion because I'm passionate about it. And they always told me, do, you know, if you're going to work, do something that you love. The way I try to sell is I do a lot quick sales, like during the live, it's always very fast paced. And I show upwards to 60 items within like a five hour time frame. So I'm lucky to have the following that I do because a lot of times you know, people are comfortable buying from me. So that helps with the sales. But starting out, it was tough. Starting out, we had, we went from two incomes, you know, to one income, and then to no income. So it was like a fight or flight um, situation. It's worth reiterating this. It's not just that Amanda is selling some jewelry on her live shows. This is not a side hustle. It's her career. And to do this, she has had to figure out how to sell more things, but also more expensive things. So I have nicer pieces and they are a lot. And I know it's a lot for people to purchase them because I'm human. Like I, I don't purchase these items for me because I just, I don't know. And then when I find one that I have to have, it's like, I make it work. You have to make it work, you know? And so again, starting out, it was, it was tough, but if you keep at it, they will come, you know, like it will, your hard work will pay off. Working in retail, you know, that getting secure payments, you know, it probably goes a little bit easier, right? So now you're, you're accepting payments from people like me. You don't know me from Adam. I could come in and say, you know what, Amanda, I would really love to buy this piece because your, your pieces, I think, remind me of your range, but I think you have as low as $50 to as much as like thousands of dollars. Yeah. So I might come in and I say, okay, I want to do layaway. Um, and I would love to give you this money. Um, I'm sending it to you via however you accept your payments. And you're trusting that I'm going to come and pay the rest. 
<laughs> how do you manage taking payments from from people, everyday people over a platform like Instagram? Man, that is a loaded question. Um, it's, it's tricky. I like to give the buyer their preference. So Venmo. Venmo is something where like friends and family can send payments and money back and forth. So if I, I'm relatively established, so I feel like people are comfortable sending it to me there. Um, a lot of times people request like an invoice through PayPal. Now, PayPal charges fees, which I'm happy to pay as a seller. Um, and then that way, if people do layaway, I can set it up to be like, hey, you can make payments whenever you want. Here's one invoice. You pay it off. Whenever you pay it off, I should be the item. And so it's, it is always nerve wracking. I know because we're like two strangers that have never met and like, here, let me just pay this person a couple hundred dollars. But it's any, anything online that you buy. You don't know who your money's going to. So at least when you're buying on Instagram, you have a face and a name and, you know, that matches with, you know, who you're paying. So I, you know, it's, <laughs> it's fun for sure. <laughs> you have also had to deal with Instagram making a ton of changes. You know, all the little algorithm mm -hmm. changes that happen. I often see you adjusting the way you might accept payment or um, the maybe taking a dollar sign away from somewhere. And so if, if somebody's looking at your page, I might not necessarily understand why you're doing all of that. So are you an Instagram expert now? Okay, I wouldn't say I'm an Instagram expert because they change quite frequently. And it's a never ending learning experience. Um, but Instagram has an algorithm that <laughs> Literally everyone hates um, because it is so finicky. And yes, sellers like me, if I make a post about an item and I put that dollar sign and price in the actual comment, Instagram will block it from multiple viewers. So, uh, you know, I have almost 3000 followers. So it would be, it would cut a percentage, like, oh, maybe 10% will see this post. So it's really hard to kind of judge what the people want to see versus what Instagram will allow them to see. And even in the live shows that Jordan and I do, if you were to type a comment like, hey, I want to buy this, I'm going to claim it for mine for $125. If you put the dollar sign symbol in that comment, Instagram might block it and no one will ever see it and no one will ever know that you tried to claim it. A gal of mine, she just posted a reel and one of the reels had the price for the item in it, and the other one didn't. And the one that didn't have the price got almost 3,000 views. The one that had the price got 126. So it's ever-changing, but I'm trying to grow and change with it. So stuff like this, you know, I'm thankful she tagged me in it, so now I know, and I shared it, so hopefully other sellers know. But it's just like, man, how... <laughs> How do you capitalize on this market that it's like quicksand? It's you never know which way it's going to go. So in case you're wondering who Jordan is, she's Amanda's friend and fellow jewelry seller on Instagram. The two go live jointly on the platform each Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, and they wrap up as late as 1 a.m. And for those who can't join the live show, a summary of remaining items is posted the following day to their stories. But there's still a science to fostering engagement with that as well. 
So I asked Amanda about the hierarchy when it comes to likes, shares, comments, and saves. Again, we are back to the Instagram algorithm. Basically, it used to be likes were the way to go. You wanted as many likes as possible. The things that had more likes would get more views, would get more followers, and all that. Now, they have switched it. And the save, saving that post to your collection or whatever, that tells Instagram that this post, this account, is something you want to see more of. It's something that they will take and, like, advertise something along the same lines, you know? So, like, it benefits them, but it really benefits me, us, the small ones, the small guys, you know, in, you know, the little fish in the big pond or whatever. And so they switched it to where, like, yeah, because saving, people don't save things. They like it and they scroll, you know? So it takes time and it takes effort to, like, look at something and want to save it. And so when you do that on any post for a small business, it boosts them. You know, it kind of, like, gives them more momentum. And Instagram's like, oh, okay, all right, we see you. All right, well, well, you know, we'll allow your post to reach, like, 500 more people or something, something ridiculous like that. So the way it goes is you really would want to save the post and then share it. Sharing it, you know, sharing one post, you can reach someone's entire list of followers. You know, people that share the same love. Like, hey, I'm into jewelry. I just shared a piece of jewelry. 17 of my other jewelry lovers just saw it. Then now they're talking about it, you know? So the save, the share, very important. Commenting. There was a point where Instagram was like, hey, we won't acknowledge comments that are four words or less. So then I think that was sometime either earlier this year or last year. I can't remember. But it was like, then it was like, man, now you have to comment. You have to actually like think about what you're saying. You have to write a complete sentence and it has to be (laughs) five words or more, you know? So it's, it's really crazy. Amanda depends on Instagram so much, but Instagram's goals aren't necessarily Amanda's goals. It got me wondering what happens for Amanda if Instagram goes away? Or what if it decides it's not going to let people sell on it anymore? Yeah, it's that's one of my biggest fears is because so many people are dependent on it. You know, you look at eBay and you look at Etsy and you look at all these Macari and Letgo, all these apps that are like selling stuff from individuals. And there's always... Like, there's a fee. Oh, it's 5%. Oh, it's 10%. Oh, it's this plus this. If it goes away tomorrow, I would probably have to resort back to Facebook. Or I would have to just finally get around to either going on Etsy and then trying to spend the rest of my life listing everything (laughs) and just hope that it sells. Or, you know, I guess if it went away, I would probably try and get my own personal website, something, I don't know, the live shows that I do, they're so much fun. So I would, I would need to find like a base where I could go live and still reach all these people because that's what, it's, what's fun. It's a, it's an event, you know, and it's not just like, Oh, let me just browse through a click through 17 pictures and read 20,000 words of a description. No, someone talk to me. Show me. I I work better when I can see it and hear it versus like, oh, let me just make up my own assumptions on my own. We're going to take a quick break here, so stick around. 
The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. And we're back. In the first part of the show, we heard from Instagram jewelry sensation Amanda Halsey. Now I'm back with Michaela. Hey, Michaela. Hi, Jesse. So you're you're an Amanda customer, right? I am an Amanda customer. Yes, I am. So what do you like about her stuff? I love her for loving as jewelry as much as she does. She really tells you the story of a piece whenever she can. I remember there was a charm bracelet that she had and it came with a letter from the owner about each charm and where she acquired it. So it was you know, a sailboat because I went on a trip or I got this right after I had my second born from my husband. And I can get a charm bracelet from a regular box store, but what I can't get is that story of a piece that you're giving a new home. And I really appreciate that she loves the pieces that much. That sounds so cool. You know, in the physical world, if you were purchasing something that Amanda had created, you might find her storefront in the mall when you were visiting the mall. How did you stumble across her work? I was actually scrolling through Instagram and Instagram has this section now where you can, you know, go shop for an item or you might see it in your feed. It'll redirect you to a website. But I don't think I actually found Amanda first. I found some other seller. And what I thought was interesting was they were giving you this entire description of a piece. They listed the item price, but instead of redirecting you to a website or some other payment form, they said, send me a DM. And I thought that was so interesting because why are you selling a piece over Instagram this way? And the more I dug into it, the more I found that there were so many, there's this whole community on Instagram of people directing you to each other to, hey, you like my pieces? Go check out this other piece from this person. Go check out this person. And I stumbled upon Amanda's page one day and she was actually the first person I bought something from. Took the plunge and said, I'll, I don't know this person, but I'm gonna buy this sterling silver band with blue topaz stones. And um, it was great. You know, Michaela, she's so casual about it. And that's the thing that got me that like, you know, just DM me. It's at once marvelous, right? It expects that people are their best selves online, that you can mostly count on people to represent themselves accurately. And, and mostly if they say they're going to pay you, pay you. But I felt, I felt kind of nervous for her. Like, there's a reason that payment systems are set up to protect small business owners, right? Exactly. And um, I, I am more nervous for the people who offer layaway. And she does. She offers this piece and she says, pay me on your schedule or that she comes up with her own rules. And you're depending on this person to follow through and buy this piece that you need this money for to invest more in your business and to get your bills paid. But it is also, I think it has its benefits because you you create this relationship with a seller. It's not just I went into Macy's and I picked up this piece. You get this unique piece, you get a story sometimes, and you create a relationship with, with your supplier. And um, I think that's priceless. So what can other creators learn from her? I love Amanda and the jewelry community because they do three things that I, I absolutely adore. They have this community one. So you not only log on and you see Amanda, but you get this network of people. 
Another thing I love is that they educate someone. I did not know what a step cut on an emerald was. I did not know a, a yeah, what, what 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 is that, Michaela? No, seriously, it's, like what is that? It's how these these stones are cut. You learn about different stones from from a, a moonstone or a, a tiger eye, or you learn all these different pieces that I think if you went to a regular store, you might be intimidated to say, "Hey, what what is this? Should I invest in this? What is it worth?" And you get that. You can ask questions and say, "Before I buy this." How valuable is it? Um, so that education, I think, is key for any creator out there because people are coming to you as the expert. And of course, everybody loves a deal. And I continue to go to these people because there are deals. I feel like I got something out of it. They got something out of it as well. And if you're a creator, pricing is really important and pricing transparency, which is something that I think Amanda and the rest of the community do so well. Yeah, they are really thoughtful about how they price their pieces. It strikes me that they're able to price them at a more reasonable rate because they don't have all of the messy middle that goes into more traditional forms of commerce. There is another seller on Instagram, goes by the name of Apex Fine Jewelry, and he explained it so well. There was this model, and I'm all about, you know, enjoying these disruptions that we see happening. It's kind of a disruption. They Lots of jewelers, he's a jeweler by trade, and he decided to come on Instagram and sell live. Why? You have this storefront, you're depending on the people who walk by you to come walk in. You are depending on making your rent payments. You might have to pay people to come in and show the pieces to your customers. If you go straight live, straight to live, then you cut out the middleman. It is much cheaper for you to do this. You can move inventory quicker and your clientele is based all over the world, literally. Once you can ship it, you can sell it. And it's amazing. Yeah. Entirely. I couldn't believe that she was at this point making all of her income off of this. Which brings me to the other thing that that kind of made me nervous for her, which is that she is very dependent on this one tech platform. And the tech platform isn't even trying to cater to her, right? Like Instagram was never designed to be a place that was home to a personal home shopping network. And right. <laughs> she's had to hack the tool in order to figure out how to like organize payments with people. And she's constantly communicating with others around like how to minutely hack based on what they think that Instagram might be doing next. Right. I continue to feel nervous for Amanda and a lot of these sellers because you start to feel a sense of, of love. It's this parasocial thing that you don't really know this person, but you care about them. And the algorithm changes so quickly. One day you're allowed to use a, a, a a hashtag or a money sign to claim an item and the next day you get shadow banned because of it. So it's this constant need to reevaluate your processes and figure out how shadow to get banned. around shadow banned. Sh okay, shadow banned essentially means that you don't even realize it, but your stuff isn't showing up. Exactly. And so no as a, told you that. As a buyer, it can even happen to you just trying to claim an item. You have to come up with different ways to make your customers happy. You have to always have inventory that people want. And there's no way to know that somebody's gonna buy this thing from you. Um, so you're taking a real risk there. But I think if you want to get into this business, tell yourself that you need to be flexible. You need to continue to study your craft, not only what you're selling, but the platform that you're using and Instagram changes so quickly, but also lean into others because if someone figures out something, they're going to post it on their story and say, hey, my other jewelry sellers, have you noticed this? 
And it starts a whole conversation and you can beat the algorithms. I loved that part of the story most, honestly, Michaela. This idea that community is where you find your answers, right? It's not the technology. It's not even the product. It's working closely with your customers and working closely with the other people in the community who are selling jewelry. It's like your competitors become your collaborators. They are... So nice. Even if you listen to this conversation and you never buy a piece from this community, I would suggest just hopping onto a live and just seeing how nice everyone is. I would think I'm selling this curb chain. And so I see that Amanda is selling this curb chain and don't go over there, come buy my curb chain. But there is such a a level of love and respect in this community that it's it's just amazing to see. I think it's got to be pretty powerful to connect with other people who share your passions, particularly when they're niche passions as well. It is. I mean, I've seen posts of people coming together. They've never met before. They had a meetup in New York. Just, hey, if you're a jewelry seller in New York, we're grabbing dinner and you create these this friendship. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty special. Well, we're going to have to come back to Amanda in her journey in a year. I'll look forward to seeing where she is, both literally and figuratively, if Instagram is still her main platform. <laughs> Sounds good. If you have more questions for Amanda, we're going to invite her to come on Office Hours this week. So join us, me, Michaela, and Amanda Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern to dig deeper into the ways that Amanda has grown her business. And maybe you can get some advice from her. We'll go live from the LinkedIn news page at 3 p.m. And next week, be sure to join us for our second episode in our four-part creator series. We'll talk to actor and comedian Kevin Fredericks. He's been building community online for 20 years, and his community is what has made him successful. He'll advise us on managing as a creator for the long haul. If you're a longtime listener, you'll notice this is an experiment with a new format for us. So what do you like about it? And what do you miss? Help us figure it all out. Email us at hellomonday at linkedin.com. And as usual, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show. Hello Monday is a production of LinkedIn. The show is produced by Sarah Storm and Taisha Henry. Joe DeGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Iriando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is our technical director. Michaela Greer, Victoria Taylor, and Gianna Prudente are master creators. Our music was composed just for us by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And a special thanks this week to Michaela for really bringing it for the show and the series. I'm Jesse Hempel. We're back next Monday. Thanks for listening. It is a wild ride, to say the least. I cannot believe You're this fine. is happening to me. Take a minute. <laughs> Lord have mercy. You're okay. Um, still can't think of the word. But anyways, people... All the things, all the things. (laughs) Just get the nerves out. You're fine. Right? (laughs) Doll hairs. You're good. (laughs) Doll hairs. Nerves. Doll doll hairs. You're good. (laughs) I love it. Oh, my God. Y'all, I said doll hairs one time in the live, and Michaela has not let me forget it. I love it.